Once again, we'd love to have you join the show wherever you are tonight. You can get your question in via the phone uh, and Twitter. If you want to dial us up, 225-578-4827 in Baton Rouge. Toll free, 1-800-315-8255 from anywhere you are tonight. And you can tweet us live at LSU Radio. Your Fighting Tigers now 9-1 and one on the season. They come off the 67-57 to 57 win over North Carolina Central last night in the Maribyrd Center. LSU currently enjoying a four-game win streak, two more non-conference tilts before the start of SEC play later this month, beginning on the 28th at home against Arkansas. This Saturday, the Tigers will host Winthrop. Tip-off coming your way 6 o'clock inside the PMAC. We've been away for two weeks, so we've got a lot to cover. Stay with us. We'll get started. Coach McMahon is here. He'll join us next after this quick break right here on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Back with the very latest on LSU basketball. This is the Matt McMahon Show from TJ Ribs on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Great to have you here on this Wednesday night here at TJ Ribs, wherever you're listening tonight. We're at TJ Ribs, official barbecue restaurant of LSU Athletics, home to LSU head coaches shows. Right here on Acadian Thruway, and again, their location on Segan Lane, and you can visit tjribs.com and place your order right now. Please welcome to the show our head basketball coach, Matt McMahon. Great to have him back here after, uh, well, I guess about two weeks, Coach. Um, thanks, as always, for your time. You've had a nice little win streak going here since we last got together. UT Arlington, Wake Forest, North Carolina Central. If you go back to that Wofford win, now four in a row, for your team, and I know you talk about it all the time. You told me last night uh, after the game, you told me before the game, still a work in progress. Uh, but I like the line that you told us after the first game of the year. It's always easier and better to try to correct and get better as a team after a win. So congratulations on the win streak. No, thanks a lot, Chris. I definitely agree with that. We want to learn through winning. Uh, I thought, you know, the highlight of since we had our last visit here, uh, was the comeback win over Wake Forest on Saturday. I hope that's something that will really help propel our team forward. Uh, it was the first real adversity we had faced on the season, uh, playing so poorly there in the first half, being down 20, uh, and then to respond the way we did and chip away at it and find a way to win uh, in dramatic fashion I thought was huge. And uh, you know, last night, good win for us. 
I thought we had some chances to, to really put that game away in the, the 20 to 25 point range if we finish some plays. But nonetheless, you know, North Carolina Central, a good team uh, that had taken Virginia, number two in the country, to the wire on their home court, uh, taken Marquette down to the wire. So was was happy to get the win and uh, now have another opportunity here at home on Saturday. Coming up, we're going to talk about that comeback victory in Atlanta in holiday hoops giving against Wake Forest. But uh, I just got to give a shout-out, Coach, to Todd Politz, who works with us. He is kind of the stat master and historian. He spent, uh, I think, until today, since last Saturday, to find out the last time LSU had a 20-point comeback win. It actually was on December 28, 1996, LSU trailed Fresno State by 22 with 8.46 left to go in the first half. So you can compare the two, but it doesn't happen often. And that, wow. again, uh, I think uh, tells you why that win on Saturday was so big for the program. Yeah, it's hard to believe. Uh, pretty cool stat right there. Uh, it's, it's really amazing. December 10th, the last two years, has been really good to us. Uh, <laughs> you know, Coming back from 20 down. Uh, obviously against Wake, and then a year ago uh, when we were at Murray State, we were playing at Memphis down 14 at the half and came back and won there. So uh, hopefully we can continue that trend every December 10th. Uh, it'd be nice not to go down by 20 points, though, in the first half. <laughs> I can imagine that's probably on the top of your list. Being around basketball teams and, and really all teams uh, that I've had the fortune to be around for that matter, especially uh, young teams or more specifically nowadays, new teams because of uh, the transfer portal. It seems you work on fixing, let's say, rebounding uh, after a particular game, and then maybe you get that improved a little bit, and then uh, it's protecting the basketball, and then that pops up a little bit, and then it's free throw shooting. For you, so far through these ten games, have you found that you are – still trying to fix a number of things, something gets better, and then you got to go back and fix it? And more importantly, how has the team approached getting better in all of those areas after each game? Well, most definitely we have a lot of areas to get better in. But the way I try and study it, if, if we could be perfect in every area, we'd go 40-0 and 0 every year and, and, and win the national championship every time. So we want to study what gives us the best return on our investment if we – spend our practice time really emphasizing these things, spend our time studying the film with our players, emphasizing these things. Uh, and some of those that have stood out to me uh, on the offensive end has been eliminating turnovers. And you look at Saturday's game, it was by far our best performance on the year there, 17 assists, only seven turnovers. Uh, and then uh, our defensive rebounding has been an area we've really tried to emphasize in practice. First 16 minutes, uh, of the Wake Forest game, they were getting almost half of their misses. Uh, the last 24 minutes, we only gave up one offensive rebound. We only gave up four offensive rebounds last night. So I hope those will be areas we continue to trend in a positive direction uh, because those are two areas that have a huge impact on winning. Obviously, there are three guys on this team that are used to your style of coaching. Then you've got uh, returners from last year's team from LSU. You've got four freshmen coming in. How has the team approached that process of, all right, guys, this is where we really need to improve? Are you getting the buy-in that you and the staff want? Well, I think so. I think you see some of that in the numbers uh, and in the improvement that has been made in those areas we've really tried to emphasize uh, in practice. Uh, hopefully that will continue. You know, one of the challenges is when you're putting together a team and you're starting a program over from scratch, is you, you know, your starting lineup on opening night, your rotation on opening night, isn't necessarily going to be who plays the entire season. 
Uh, it's more about your body of work and practice in the summer and fall. And now that we have, you know, essentially we're a little over a quarter away through the season, uh, you have a body of work in the games. And so just trying to find the right combinations, uh, who plays best together. I think it was you know, Red Auerbach a long time ago <laughs> said it's not necessarily uh, your five best players on the floor. It's the five who play the, the best together. And so still searching there. Uh, looking for that consistency, but I but I am pleased with a lot of the improvement our players have made, and that starts with the buy-in to want to get better. You know, nine and one on the year is a great start. There's a lot of teams across the country that like to be nine and one at this point. But for for somebody who would say, okay, well, I've watched the Tigers through ten games, and I don't know, they they kind of look like the same team each and every time. For you and the staff, what are the tangible and concrete things that you have seen since day one, game one? through yesterday's game against North Carolina Central that gives you uh, a little bit of optimism that, yeah, yeah, we're getting better. These guys are getting it. I think just the overall process. Uh, you know, I've talked about it. The first two games of the year, I thought we looked like a con- collection of individuals who had never played together, and uh, that's what we were at the time. Uh, I think you've seen stretches where we've played extremely well on both ends of the floor. Uh, it's just for us continuing to find consistency to be able to sustain that uh, and longer stretches. Last night, for example, it's 23 to 23. Uh, I thought the last six minutes of the first half, we were terrific. Uh, really guarded. We only gave up three points down the stretch. Uh, we cleaned up on the defensive glass, enabled us to get out in transition. We really shared the basketball, and that's a fun way to play. We finished the, the half there 17 to 3 uh, to build a nice lead. Now we just have to be able to sustain it in longer periods. All right, well, coming up, we're going to revisit the come-from-behind win, go into the details last Saturday uh, in the win over Wake Forest. We'll talk more about the positives uh, from last night's win over North Carolina Central. And before we're done, we'll get a scouting report from Coach on uh, another group of Eagles, the Winthrop Eagles, coming in Saturday with tip-off at the Maravich Center at 6 o'clock. But, Coach, before we go to this timeout, Kent Lowe has a table tonight, the illustrious Kent Lowe, and uh, it's a little early here. But I would love during this time out for everybody to uh, join us and uh, wish Kent a very happy birthday coming up tomorrow. The legend, Kent Lowe, will celebrate a birthday tomorrow. I think 42, 43? It's a state holiday uh, for Kent Lowe's birthday. I guarantee you that. (laughs) It should be. He is an absolute LSU legend. We want to wish him uh, a very happy birthday a little early here on Wednesday. But we'll take a time out. When we come back, we're going to sing here in just a second, but you guys don't need to hear that on the radio. We'll continue more with Coach Matt McMahon. It's the Matt McMahon Show. We're live from TJ Ribs here on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Want to talk Fighting Tiger basketball? You're in the right place. Call in with a question at 225-578-4827 in Baton Rouge. Toll free at 1-800-315-8255. Or tweet a question live at LSU Radio. The Matt McMahon Show on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Happy to be coming to you here on this Wednesday night. A reminder, this coming Monday, we'll be back here for the Matt McMahon Show. Most of the season, it will be Monday. Of course, it's affected by when the Tigers are playing and, of course, traveling. And I mentioned, Coach, that it's uh, great to be here 
uh, on this Wednesday night. And we certainly want to send our thoughts and prayers to those who were affected by severe weather and then, um, and can, will continue to be uh, into the night and overnight. Certainly southwest Louisiana, north Louisiana this morning, and uh, those of us uh, who live here in southeast Louisiana, and now even eastern Louisiana. A really dangerous day. Um, and, and there is some damage, and we wish the, the very best. As I said, thoughts and prayers to go to everybody who, uh, who uh, ran into tough and severe weather today. Yeah, certainly echo those sentiments, Chris, and uh, dangerous times. I, you know, we just touched on it you know, last uh, December 10th, that comeback uh, win we had there against Memphis. And uh, as we were returning back, that was the uh, severe tornadoes of, uh, in western Kentucky and and really the next town over to us there in Murray, Kentucky, uh, had a lot of uh, destruction and death, unfortunately. So uh, thoughts are with the people here in Louisiana. Be safe out there uh, as the weather goes through. Absolutely. Coach, let's check in as we do each week into the LSU Sports Mobile App mailbag. And uh, we've got Guy from Denham Springs wanting to know, Coach, will the, the uh, three-guard, two-big lineup that you used last night be something we'll see moving forward? Uh, because he believes Miller's shooting slump will shoot, uh, soon be coming to an end. Uh, he's too good. <laughs> oh, he's definitely a, a really good player. I'm not concerned there. I think uh, the lineup you saw last night, uh, again, I'm evaluating every single day. I, I, I thought it was good for us. Uh, I think the energy that Derek Fountain and, and Cam Hayes have brought to our team uh, has been terrific. Uh, they're rebounding. You know, Cam Hayes, six rebounds a game over these last two games. Uh, Derek gets 14 rebounds <laughs> last night, seven on the offensive end. Uh, and so uh, I think it's been good having, having some extra uh, playmakers on the floor. And, you know, we'll see how practice goes this week. But, you know, I try not to get really caught up in, in today's game and certain, you know, you want to have this many guards on the floor or this many bigs. I uh, just want to get the guys on the floor, give us the best opportunity to win. And so we'll continue to approach it that way. Speaking of Adam Miller, the last couple of games, as you noted, have been tough offensively for him. Three points versus Wake Forest, just had one point last night. Now one for 20 in the last two games from the field. Almost an impossibility when you think about the talent that Adam has. Sometimes it just happens. And I know after the game you told us last night on the radio, nothing to worry about. There's no need to make some wholesale adjustment. And furthermore, there are things that guys do on the floor that maybe don't show up in the stat book that are reasons why they're valuable to the team? Oh, that's the challenge. We talk about that a lot with our players. Unfortunately, in, in today's game, everyone evaluates their performance based on shot attempts and points, and that's about 5% of the game, obviously a very important uh, part of the game. Uh, but we try to really spend a lot of time with our players on the other 95%. Uh, obviously, 50% of that's the defensive end of the floor. Uh, the other 45% is your movement without the basketball, your screening. Uh, do you sprint the floor in transition? Do you communicate? Do you bring leadership to the team? Uh, so there are a lot of other ways to impact your team besides just shooting and scoring. And uh, I, I think you'll see us uh, continue to get better there on the perimeter. You know, the reality is, you know, a lot of our offense is designed around Adam. And so we're now in game 9 and 10 here. Uh, the other team scouts too. And they're trying to be disruptive of what we want to do offensively. So we have to uh, counter that and, and make sure that we're still creating high-quality shots. You know, I thought that was a big key for us in the comeback against Wake Forest, the way Wake Forest defended Adam, uh, really trying to face guard and deny him. 
Uh, he still got 10 looks. It didn't go in. That's okay. But the floor was so spaced, it opened up those pick-and-pop opportunities that you saw K.J. Williams uh, take advantage of. It opened up those driving lanes for Juice Hill and Cam, Hay- uh, Cam Hayes. Uh, so we just got to keep working to get better. Uh, but uh, I told you after the game, when you have an elite shooter, uh, someone who can really, you know, in our drill work, a guy who's going to make 80% of his shots, uh, I'm not one to overcoach those guys and have them, uh, you know, overanalyzing everything. I think, you know, if there are some little things we can do to, to improve the quality of looks he's getting, we'll certainly do that. But I'm, I don't have any concern there. You know, we have learned over the last, uh, I'll say, five to ten years, uh, the the public at large, that these athletes, uh, these incredible athletes, they're not robots. And you would know better than I because you played the college game. How important is, is good mental health for players, in your opinion? I mean, it's, it's, it's almost certain that when a talented player gets into a slump in any sport, uh, at some point you got to worry about the mental aspect being more so than the physical aspect. How do you make sure that Adam stays in that positive and confident frame of mind to avoid a two-game slump turning into a five-game slump or more? Well, I think it's the most important part of your job as a coach. I think it's more important than any strategy, any X's and O's, plays, strat- uh, defensive schemes, you know, is the, the mindset of your players. And uh, I think it was Bobby Knight who always said the game is mental to physical is four to one. You know, so, you know, 80, 90% of the game uh, starts there. And so you know, our players probably get tired of hearing me talk about it, but I just, I believe in it. I, I think your your mindset, your mentality, your approach to the game, uh, your ability to focus and build the habits, the attention to detail that go into winning uh, is, is what it's all about. And so, you know, one of our core values in the program is toughness. And I'm not talking about physical toughness. We, we define toughness as your ability to move on to the next most important thing. And that's a lot easier said than done. Uh, but if you're living and dying with every shot, it, it makes it tough uh, to really have a positive impact on the game. So you just got to impact the game in other ways and be ready to shoot when you get your next one. All right, fans, a reminder, all LSU Sports Radio Network broadcasts are streamed for free at lsusports.net. And you can take us with you wherever you go. You just download the LSU Sports mobile app presented by BASF. The app is a free download in the iTunes Store or Google Play. It's the LSU Sports mobile app. Download it now presented by BASF. We'll continue with more with Coach McMahon on the Matt McMahon Show live from TJ Ribs after this on the LSU Sports Radio Network. The phone lines are open. Ask your questions now. 225-578-4827 in Baton Rouge. Toll free at 1-800-315-8255. Or tweet a question live at LSU Radio. This is the Matt McMahon Show on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Fighting Tiger basketball here on a Wednesday night. I want to remind you, download the ASAP app, get all of your game day needs delivered right to your door. You just use code TIGERS22 and you'll get free delivery and you'll be entered to win great LSU prizes. Uh, and TJ Ribs, by the way, available on the ASAP app. So place your order and you can uh, join us remotely. ASAP.com, the official mobile ordering partner of LSU Athletics. Coach, let's go back to this past Saturday. We talked about slumps uh, going into the last commercial. In Atlanta, on Saturday, for the first 16 minutes, it appeared the entire team was in a slump, a little slow out of the gates against Wake Forest. Demon Deacons were driving 
early on at will. They were able to get to the rim. They were hitting shots from outside early. Yet it appeared from our vantage point on the sideline uh, that you and your staff, there, there wasn't any panic. There wasn't screaming. There wasn't yelling. And I think we all saw a little bit into your coaching style last Saturday. What, a, was I right? And B, why do you think it's important to, to remain calm, especially in the first half of a basketball game? Well, I think a couple things there and, and need to find a better answer to this. But when you're that, that first game coming out of final exams, you have know, just been through that for whatever reason, whether your, your schedule is somewhat challenging throughout that week, trying to squeeze some practice time in, also make sure your guys finish strong academically, uh, that you never know what you're going to get <laughs> that first half in your first game coming out of finals. So, uh, you know, I thought – you know, it'd be easy to sit there and break clipboards and yell and scream, uh, but our guys needed uh, some positivity and some encouragement. Uh, try to really be solution-based there uh, on what we can do differently uh, to fix the problems. And I thought more so than anything the coaches did, I thought really for the first time all season, we had great leadership in some of those huddles when things weren't going well, and it came from K.J. Williams. Uh, Derek Fountain, I thought just talking about the right things, uh, not blaming, not complaining, uh, but searching for solutions uh, so that we could fix the issues we were having. The issues are real clear. Uh, number one, our transition defense was poor. We gave up some easy baskets in, in the open floor. Uh, number two, we didn't defend, uh, or excuse me, we didn't clean up the defensive glass. And then three, I thought our shot selection and, and, and impatience on the offensive end put us in a bad spot as evidenced by our 9 to 26 uh, from the floor in the first half of that game from two-point range, uh, 34%, which is not going to be good enough to win. So I uh, really just wanted to get those things fixed and cleaned up. And uh, credit to our players, they, they, they bought into those things, made the necessary adjustments, as we mentioned earlier. You know, gave up one offensive rebound the final 24 minutes of the game. Uh, we shot 65% from two-point range in the second half because the ball moved more. The execution was a lot better. The shot selection was better. Uh, and throughout all that, we were able to take care of the basketball. Uh, and, you know, you look at the second half of the game, and it's interesting. I know we'll talk about our, our next opponent and previous opponent coming up. But so many teams in college basketball are so dependent on the three-point line now. I mean, you, you have teams that 50% of their shots are threes. And so we've really, for the last five years, just really thought that's such a key stat to be able to defend the three. And you look at the second half of that game, uh, Wake Forest hit five threes in the first half. Second half, they don't make a single one. Yeah. Uh, we make six, so we're plus 18 from behind the three-point line in the second half. And one of the many things that led to the win. You know, I, I, you go back and you look at that. You get a media timeout with 3.42 to go. And I remember John Brady saying to me, well, you don't have a 20-point shot. You don't have a 10-point shot. You've got to find a way to chip away, get within single digits at halftime, which you guys were able to do on a 14-2 run. And I went back today and I watched the game film. Uh, and the three guys that really stood out in that 14-2 run, you mentioned two of them just a moment ago, K.J. Williams, Cam Hayes, and Derek Fountain, in that final four minutes. And for those listening tonight, if you didn't see the game, I invite you to try to find a copy of it and watch it. I thought those three guys, again, talking about the leadership you saw uh, in the huddle and the leadership they provided on the floor, just uh, amazing to watch those guys do what they did in that final three minutes and 42 seconds. 
Yeah, this this is where again some people think I'm I'm too simple minded on this. I just think you're talking about three guys play with great energy, great effort, really focused in on doing what they need to do to help the team win. And I think those type of traits become contagious. And when you're locked in like that, it leads to good performance on the court. And those three, as you've seen, they're starting to play together a lot more. Uh, not to bore you with the numbers and the analytics, but they're, those three, that three-man combo is one of the most efficient three-man combos in the entire country. Uh, and so I look forward to continue to build on that. But I, I just thought overall our defense, we were able to force turnovers during that stretch uh, that, that led to some easier baskets in transition, got a little bit of confidence going. And we always talk to our players about the value of every possession uh, throughout the course of the game. Well, Wake Forest had the ball with 50 seconds left to go. Uh, so you think maybe there's one possession, you'll get the ball back one more time. Well, we scored five points in the yeah. last 50 seconds, and they had the ball. Uh, so we got a steal that led to a dunk. Uh, then we got a foul, got fouled. We made the free throw, first free throw, missed the second, got the offensive rebound put back. And so as we, you know, we're teaching on the film with our players, those five points in 50 seconds in a game you win by two, and you got to got to understand the value of every possession and, and making those things happen. Again, for the 16, first 16 of the 21st half minutes, it was all Wake Forest. Again, you're able to cut it to eight at the halftime break. And really was impressive you were able to keep that energy during that halftime session and come back into the second half. And I wanted to talk about, obviously, K.J. Williams, 35 points. It's why he is the reigning SEC Player of the Week. And I mentioned to you, uh, up there when you joined us after the game, Sonny Smith, legendary Auburn head coach, was sitting next to me getting ready for Auburn and Memphis. And each time out in that second half, he would say, I, I'm really impressed with this K.J. Williams. He, <laughs> and he talked about the big front line, physical front line, that Wake Forest would have. It was going to be tough going down in the paint um, and, and down around the rim. And he said, I like the fact that K.J.'s bringing them out a little bit. He's changed the, the field position as far as the battle is taking place. And, and really, I think he just maximized all of his talents. And as John Brady said, he's had some great games. There's no doubt about it. But that had to be one of his best. And and you've seen a bunch of them. How, how do you how do you put that KJ Williams performance into perspective? Yeah, it's it's right up there. I mean, some of the ones that that led to NCAA tournament wins and, and OVC championships uh, and, and so forth. I'll still take those. But <laughs> uh, it was an unbelievable performance. And uh, you know, really, the fun part of coaching is watching a player who buys in, commits to the process, works extremely hard every day to continue to get better and expand their game. Uh, K.J. as a freshman for us at Murray State on the year was one for five from three-point range. He was a starter who played a lot and was a very productive player, but he was one for five from three as a freshman. And here we are on a Saturday in December against an ACC team on ESPNU, and he goes seven for nine uh, from three in a game. And there also has to be a lot of credit there uh, to our play other his teammates for creating those shots. And you look at Cam Hayes and Juice Hill, both go six assists to zero turnovers. So 12 to zero uh, from your two guards, assist to turnover. That was a big part of the success of K.J. shooting all those threes as well. Absolutely. Cam Hayes really been on a roll of late for LSU, transferred in from NC State after two years. 
uh, really showed poise, I thought, last Saturday, as you said, uh, really filled the stat sheet. 13 points, six assists, zero turnovers, had five rebounds, which I know I, I want to talk later about last night's game because you said that was key is, is Cam Hayes in that backcourt picking up those rebounds. And then Juice Hill, Coach, before we uh, put the Wake Forest win to bed. It wasn't a great night for Adam Miller, as we talked about. It wasn't great for Juice Hill offensively. But he's a proven commodity in the backcourt of college basketball. And down the stretch in those final under a minute to play, uh, when it is crunch time, you put the ball in his hands, you had the confidence for him to do it. He only had four points, but none uh, bigger than the last two that was the eventual game winner, 72-70. to 70. I thought it showed a lot of maturity on his part. Yeah, you know, struggling a little bit in shooting the basketball and you know, coming back to the confidence that we were talking about in the last segment. Uh, you got to be mentally tough and, and continue to find ways to help your team win. And, you know, down the stretch, I thought he made all the right decisions. He got the ball where it needed to go. And then on that last possession, uh, you know, we thought they would stay with KJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were really struggling to defend that pick-and-pop ball screen there in the middle of the floor. And, you know, number one, I, I hate being conservative, but I, w- I wanted to make sure we got the last shot. So worst case, we're going to overtime. He had great patience there, and then made it, when he uh, saw the advantage in that driving lane, made a great spin move, gets to the rim, and finishes the play. And, uh, again, six assists, zero turnovers, game-winning basket. You know, those are things he needs to build on as we move forward. Well, again, I give you a lot of credit for the play design. I give Juice a lot of credit for making the right decision because, as you said, Wake Forest knew K.J. Williams probably going to touch the ball in this possession. we got to be out there. And because K.J. had had so much success shooting from outside, yeah. basically everybody got out of the lane and just opened it up for Juice to get to the rim. Yeah, as much as I'd love to take credit for the play design, <laughs> it's having a 6'10", 250-pound guy who's 7-9 from three and has 35 <laughs> points and 10 rebounds uh, drew a lot of attention from Wake Forest's defensive scheme there. And, and credit to Juice for the maturity to make the proper read and then get to the basket and finish the play. Well, again, I know it's helpful when, when K.J. can knock down seven threes in a given game, but you're being a little modest because I think you yeah. said, hey, our guy's making these shots. Let's make them come out and defend. We're going to take a timeout. We come back. We'll talk about, uh, well, what the Tigers are doing practice-wise, what they're doing now that the semester and exams are behind them, and we'll talk about last night's win over North Carolina Central. So stay with us. We'll continue on the Matt McMahon Show here on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Back to T.J. Ribs, talking Fighting Tiger basketball on the Matt McMahon Show from the LSU Sports Radio Network. Just a reminder, LSU in action this Saturday inside the Marabit Center. They'll take on a Winthrop tip time at 6 o'clock. Then we'll be back here on Monday night for the Matt McMahon Show. Coach, uh, I mentioned before we went to break, this is the time of year when classes and exams are over. And for nearly a month, give or take, you've got a chance to really focus exclusively on basketball for your guys. And I know you said it's a little similar to preseason. You're able to take some time and do a little extra. How do you take advantage of that time when it's obviously different from the first month of the season uh, and then when the calendar will flip and the schedule becomes, uh, well, fast and furious? Yeah, I think it's a really really important time for our team. We've already uh, had our meeting uh, last night after the game about what these six weeks – uh, need to be about for us. Uh, I think this is when a team can really grow, uh, not only as a team on the court, but the relationships off the court, uh, some of the time we'll spend together outside of basketball. Uh, but specifically to basketball, 
You know, you don't have any academic responsibilities. Uh, the gym's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, coaches are always around. We do a lot of individual work during this time. Uh, want to really stay committed on our player development program uh, throughout the season. You know, I think some programs, once the games start, it's all just five on five and uh, scheming and strategy and all that. We like to stay focused on the player development, keep our guys getting better uh, 365 days out of the year. We often talk about rotations, and you mentioned it earlier in the show, as far as starters and those who are coming off the bench for significant minutes. But I wanted to talk in terms as far as rotation of your backcourt. Um, obviously with Juice and Adam and Cam and Justice and, and Trey Hannibal, have you found that balance, you and the staff, uh, as far as, all right, when you go three guards, maybe even later down the road, four guards, Adam Miller maybe your true number two. Who do, you, who do you want handling point? Who's the other guard you want off the ball? We've seen Trey handle the point. We've seen Cam, obviously, uh, and Juice handle that as well, and even Justice. How, how, how is the rotation in the field for the backcourt for this team so far? It's still, still a work in progress there, but I, I like having multiple guys on the court that can – dribble pass and shoot and, and make plays and that's that's how the system's designed is to to have guys that can do those things i think it makes you a lot more difficult to to defend uh, i think it allows you to be a lot more balanced offensively uh but you know when you're starting with all new guys really as, as i told our players throughout all i have to go on all our coaching staff has to go on as we try to decide what the rotation should be is what you show us in, in practice and in workouts on a daily basis and the consistency that we show there. Uh, but now that we have a body of work of, of game action, you know, you've seen some changes. Uh, I think it, I, I said before the season, our, I could see our rotation evolving more this year than any other year yeah. I've been in coaching. And uh, I'm fine with that. Uh, but, you know, I think it's like anything else. You know, Cam Hayes has, has worked extremely hard. Uh, he's been very consistent in practice. Amazing how this happens. It's carried over to the games. <laughs> and you'll see his role continue to increase as, as he continues to impact winning. And, and that goes for all our players. And so, you know, I think, as I've shared with a couple of our guys who, yeah, you know how it is. If you're a competitor, you want to play. So I know there's some who are disappointed with where they're at from a role standpoint. You know, but Cam, you, know, you look back early in the season, he was playing very limited minutes. Right. You know, just, that was just a month ago. Uh, but he's worked extremely hard. Uh, he's really made a lot of improvements to his game on both ends of the floor and has had tremendous impact on winning. And so uh, there's certainly opportunities for others to increase their role. Uh, but we do have to be a lot more consistent uh, at the guard position. There, there's no question about that. Well, it's interesting because, as you say, now there you know, is a roadmap within the locker room on how you want to play more. There, there, there's something to look for, someone to look to, this is how you can change things, as you said, in uh, less than a month's time. By the way, we had a question via Twitter tonight at LSU Radio. Donovan wanted to know uh, a little update on Cam Hayes' injury. I know he went out late in the game. You told us after the game it looked like cramps. Is everything good uh, as we sit here tonight? Yeah, thanks for the question, Donovan. That's a, it's an important question. Uh, the, the good news is it was it is cramps. Uh, the bad news is I, I think he's a little sore today because yeah. uh, he had cramped up pretty good there. But uh, don't see it uh, being any issue. Uh, I think having the day off today, getting a lot of treatment, I would expect him to be 
uh, full go tomorrow in practice and ready to roll on Saturday. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the wings, forwards, and centers on this team before we look ahead to the matchup with Winthrop coming in on Saturday. Stay with us. More to come on the Matt McMahon Show live from TJ Ribs here on the LSU Sports Radio Network. We continue our weekly visit with your Fighting Tiger head coach. This is the Matt McMahon Show from the LSU Sports Radio Network. LSU and Winthrop College Basketball on Saturday. Tip-off 6 o'clock. Hope you will join us inside the Maribyrn Center. Get your tickets now at LSUTix.net if you don't already have them. And uh, we'll have coverage beginning at 5.30 on the network with tip-off again at 6 o'clock. We talked about uh, the guard rotation. I did want to talk about the wing and uh, paint players for you. Uh, and there's one guy, as John Brady put it last night, Coach, Derek Fountain seems to have taken a liking to be in the starting lineup because since he's done so over the last two games, he has been phenomenal. Um, looks like uh, a couple of things. One, he gets on the glass, and he brings energy. The last two games, he's got 28 points, 19 rebounds, 10 of those on the offensive glass, and five steals. What's been the difference? We talked about Cam Hayes and his progress. What's been the difference for Derek Fountain over the last few games as opposed to maybe the first couple of games of the season? I think probably getting more comfortable with his teammates, uh, getting more comfortable in the system and understanding where his spots are to really make an impact on the team. Uh, but I just always come back to, to with him, just my kind of guy, just a hard-playing dude. He's all about winning. He's all about the team. He's an elite teammate. You know, he's a guy you want to play with because he's gonna, he communicates with everyone. Uh, he's a connector of people. We chart everything we do. He has the highest winning percentage on our team since he got on campus in June. And I think that's why you've seen his confidence now start to grow. Uh, but a lot of these plays he ma- he's making are just effort plays. They're energy plays. They're hustle plays. And, uh, you know, really excited because we- we've needed it. And uh, hopefully he will continue uh, to improve and-, and build upon those things. You know, one of the things that I noticed last night, there was a couple of times where he got the ball top of the key and then immediately put it on the deck and was driving towards the rim where I think earlier in the season he's looking, is somebody open, I'll give it up. And then on the offensive rebounds now, there's no question, no hesitation at all. As soon as he pulls it off the glass, he's going straight back up with the putback, which I think is different as well than in the first couple of games. And that yeah. obviously is a confidence. Yeah, seven offensive rebounds and turn those into points. I mean, think back to the Wake Forest game late in that second half. We miss uh, KJ missed a free throw, and Derek goes and chases it across the free throw lane to get it and finishes that play. I agree with you. He's been more aggressive off the dribble, attacking the basket. Uh, just playing with a lot of confidence. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm excited for him because, you know, he's, he's done it in practice consistently and happy to see it carry over to the game floor for him. K.J. Williams, as I mentioned, the reigning SEC Player of the Week, deservedly so. Four double-doubles on the season, 31 in his career. I saw North Carolina Central at least early last night. may have been throughout the game, but I saw them try to double-team him a couple of times when the ball got down in the low post i got to believe that's going to be in the game plan, if not the next couple of games, certainly as you move into SEC play. How do you try to counter that? How can he try to counter that when everybody knows you got to keep him from having a big night? Well, a couple things there. Number one, he's a willing passer, very unselfish. Uh, Number two, I think it's our job as coaches to make sure we have the proper spacing uh, when the ball does go into the post there. 
which means we need some cutters to the basket to put pressure on the rim, and then we need to shoot the ball consistently from three. You look back, that long road back from 20 down uh, against Wake Forest on Saturday, it was 47 to 44. Wake Forest came down to double on KJ, kicked it out to Cam Hayes for a big three to tie the game. Uh, last night, similar play. They came to double down. He kicked it back out to Cam for an open three. Uh, so what you hope is, you know, those two go hand in hand. If they want to double the post, you got to move the basketball. Should lead to some open three-point opportunities, and we got to step up and knock them down. Absolutely. We'll take a timeout. We come back. It's our final segment this week with the coach. We're going to talk about field goal shooting, and we're going to talk about defense overall, his thoughts on his team's defense, and then get a quick scouting report on Winthrop. So stay with us back after this, live at TJ Ribs. It's the Matt McMahon Show here on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Time to put a wrap on this week's show. Once again, here are Coach and Chris on the Matt McMahon Show from the LSU Sports Radio Network. Great to have Coach with us here tonight. We'll be back on Monday night for the Matt McMahon Show. Coach, back-to-back games where LSU lost the field goal stat. That's something John Brady and you talk about all the time. John loves that field goal stat. But you did win the game. Todd Politz, I mentioned earlier, our stat master and historian, he sent me this on Saturday before the game in Atlanta. Since 1986-87, when the three-point era began, LSU wins 87.2% of their games when they win the field goal stat just 19.8% when they lose the field goal battle. You guys are tweaking that number a little bit because the last two games you've lost the field goal stat and been able to win. The real question I have for you is overall in the last two games, take a snapshot defensively because last night there were some really tough contested shots that North Carolina Central was able to to knock down. But overall, big picture, the defense for LSU, where it is at this point. Well, our three-point defense has been really good. Uh, that was an important thing last night. They shot too high a percentage, 45% from three, uh, but they only attempted 15. I was really concerned going in. They, you know, North Carolina Central was fourth in the nation in three-point shooting. They were making 10 threes a game at 43%. Uh, so we wanted to make sure they didn't come in here and, and get 30 or 35 attempts and hit 15 or 16 threes uh, to give themselves a chance to win. So uh, really pleased there uh, with our three-point defense on the season. Uh, we have to do a better job protecting the rim uh, as far as not giving up as many layups like Wake Forest got uh, in the first half. Uh, but I'm hoping we'll continue to see improvement on the defensive glass. That's been a big thing for us uh, because that then fuels our transition fast break opportunities that we hope will lead to some easier scoring uh, opportunities for our guys. Yeah, you've talked about it all season. Currently near the bottom in the SEC when it comes to rebounding overall. Again, you got a dominant performance last night. When you look at that game film, was that was part of what LSU did? You guys did better? Is it the, the ball bounced a certain way? How were you pleased with the commitment to rebounding last night? Yeah, and again, it's a team deal. I'm always going to be about the team, but I would point to K.J. Williams, Derek Fountain, Cam Hayes. I mean, it's, it's really that simple. Those three guys are, are doing a great job on the glass. Uh, I, I talked about going into that Wake Forest game. Forwards have been pretty good with their box outs. Got to be a little more physical there. Uh, but our perimeter rebounding has been very poor. Just, uh, you know, we always talk about this. Majority of teams, their guards, when they take a shot, their guards are getting back in transition defense, which should, in theory, leave our guards available to come and rebound. 
and we just haven't done a good job of it. But now you look at Cam, gets seven defensive rebounds yeah. last night. Uh, he had five rebounds against Wake Forest. When your guards rebound, uh, that enables you to start your fast break even quicker because uh, there is no outlet pass. You just take off with the ball, and you're out in the break, and, and you're able to get easy, easy baskets. So uh, I, I think that will have to continue to be an emphasis for us. And we look at it from a percentage standpoint, you know, what percentage – uh, of the offensive rebounds our opponents getting and and we've made some progress there over the last two games all right real quickly about a minute and a half before we got to go another group of eagles fly in as i mentioned this time winthrop um they are pretty good at home but they're zero and four away from rock hill south carolina last time out they lost big to Furman out of the southern conference this is a team that typically gets to the ncaa tournament out of the big south uh, again, Mark Prosser, the head coach. I know he spent some time for Mike Young as an assistant at Wofford. Any similarities? I know you got to start with Kelton Talford, uh, who's averaging 17 points. But what can we expect from Winthrop on Saturday? Similar profile to North Carolina Central uh, in that a perennial team that's contending to go to the NCAA tournament, a team that relies heavily on the three-point arc. They don't have as much size as, as North Carolina Central does. Uh, but they really rely on that three-point arc. We'll have to do a good job defending it. Uh, they space you out. Uh, we had some breakdowns in our ball screen coverage last night that we'll have to have short, uh, shored up going into to Saturday. Just taking a look at the numbers, Sincere McMahon, Corey Hightower in the backcourt. They're a pretty good one-two punch. They score in double figures. They assist uh, and, and uh, deliver the basketball. But they will turn it over a little bit, a chance uh, to maybe turn them over and get out and run. Well, I put Sincere McMahon on my all-college basketball name team. That's, yeah, no, that's, that's a, a good great one. name. Uh, he can really shoot it from three. Uh, but but they do turn it over, uh, They especially their, their three main guys who, who really not only are their three leading scorers, they get to the free throw line 16 times a game between the three of them, uh, but they also average nine turnovers a game between the three of them. Very high-volume, high-usage players. So, uh, that's been a strength of ours on the defensive end. We're forcing turnovers, you know, really about one out of every four possessions, and, and that'll be a good number for us if we can continue that. All right, looking forward to it, Coach. Thank you for your time and your candor as always. Here's to a couple of days of great preparation. We'll see you in the PMAC on Saturday. All right, thanks so much, Chris. Go Tigers. All right, fans, that'll wrap up our show this week. want to thank everybody here at TJ Ribs, Jeff Palermo, our engineer on site, and, of course, Miss Alondra Villarreal back in the Capital One studio. Be back here next week, Monday night. Same Tiger time, same Tiger channel. This has been the Matt McMahon Show, live from TJ Ribs. Join us next week for the very latest on Fighting Tiger Basketball here on the LSU Sports Radio Network.